What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. hope you're having an awesome Sunday, an awesome weekend. For those of you watching online, thank you so much for joining in with us. Wherever, whatever, wherever you're at, whatever screen you're on, we appreciate it so much. And I hope that you can feel God's presence and God doing big, big, big things. I know I have just a, a brief kind of celebration announcement that I want to share with you. You know, we launched out on some wonderful things over these last uh, several months and years. And I, so I wanted to give a building a legacy update. So around here at Grace Church, the language we use for our capital campaign is building a legacy. So with all the growth, with all the expansion, uh, if you're not aware, we have a, a future kids wing over there on our east side. And so we're taking steps forward uh, to do that build out. So in March, we launched out on a, a capital campaign to raise $700,000 to do that. And so I wanted to, to just share with you some great news. Uh, we just, we're at the point now where we have $250,000 uh, towards that. That's amazing. It's incredible. It's just, uh, it's astounding to me what God is doing. And so thank you so much uh, to so many of you that have made pledges and are giving and giving now and, and giving regularly. That's incredible. Like you are making it happen. Uh, just the, your investment in Grace Church and the vision and what God is doing, just we appreciate it so much. And I know some of you are newer to the church or haven't yet uh, made a pledge. And so we just, we wanna give you the opportunity. And the way we work around here is we just want you to pray about it. You know, pray about it, take a look at your budget and see what God might do. But if you're interested, you could look at the seat back in front of you and there's a building a legacy card right there where you could take it, take it home, pray about it, talk to your spouse, you know, decide on what you wanna do. So maybe it's monthly or a one-time gift. Uh, but what, what the vision we have is, is that if, if many of us are involved, if lots of us or all of us are involved and we take a portion of that total amount you know, we can accomplish a great amount of things and, and raise all that money. It's no problem uh, when you spread things out really wide. And so that's what we would ask, you know, that you would join in and, and take your piece, whatever it is, whether it's a, a smaller amount in your eyes or a larger amount, you know, whatever, you know, number that God puts on your heart, that you would do that and take that step. Because we're doing the kids wing, we're going to do uh, an expansion and have like a kitchen and a cafe and and so we just appreciate it so much. So when we did the launch and the announcement, we did it in March for a 12-month campaign. So at this point, it's basically going to be a nine-month pledge and campaign that you would jump in on board from here moving forward. Uh, so we would just invite you to do that because there was a verse that God put on our heart, you know, several years ago when we were moving forward with the building and the land and expansion here. And it's Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16. And it says this, for I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are about to enter and occupy. And so I want you to notice the first part of that verse is all spiritual. It's all spiritual for you and I to remain faithful and obedient and pursue after the Lord. And, and then when we do that, there's an incredible word in there. It's like, if, if we're doing those things, then, you know, we get to experience just the expansion and multiplication. And that's what's happening here. It's amazing. And so if you're watching online and you want to make a pledge, you can go on gracechurch.life, you know, and click on building a legacy. You can do the same thing here in the auditorium. I know some people, you know, you want to do the card and fill it out and submit it. That's great. If you want to do it online, you can do that as well. But then we would ask that you'd make a pledge and then just simply start giving because the campaign is active and growing right now. So take that, uh, take that step. And so I know a lot of people just, 
They wonder if they should or want to, and they want to know how we're handling the money. And, and so I, I got to tell you, like, we have a very big vision uh, here at Grace Church. Th- this, this expansion for the kids' wing is, is what we consider phase one. I mean, we've got five different phases uh, of growth, and right now we're literally having strategic planning meetings to lay out those multiple phases of growth. And so it's just, it's basically if. If God continues to do what he's doing here and we multiply and occupy, then we've got a plan in place and to take those steps. And so we're just inviting you into what God is already doing. And so we would just welcome you to do that. Uh, And then of course, you know, the announcement to do three services, you know, after summer, it just is so exciting. Like I am so just in awe of what God is doing here. And it's it's a lot of fun, to be honest with you. It's super fun. so I just wanted to give you that update. Uh, so th- th- that's kind of the, the update part. Now I want to transition into the message portion of this time. And so if you've been coming over these last four weeks uh, or been watching online, you know that we have been in a series called Unoffendable. And it's been terrible. Uh, it has been awful. Uh, I don't know about you. Maybe it's been good for you, but it has been terrible for me because it is way easier for me to stay offended. It is a lot more fun to be offended and be upset at people and just be angry and lash out. And so to have this series, you know, has, has been awful. And, but we just, we believe that God has a better way. You know, it doesn't always mean that I'm applying that in my life, but there is a better way. And so, gosh, last week, you know, my wife, Pastor Nicole, absolutely crushed it on bitterness if you weren't here, you've got to watch it online. And so can we just give it up to her? Like, that was amazing. It was so incredible. I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm so bitter. I'm so bitter, you know. And so my wife is preaching at me and uh, it, was, it, was, it was awful. I hated it. Um, so this is the final installment, though. You know, this is the last week of our Unoffendable series. And I affectionately am calling this message being on the offensive. And I'm like, yes, finally, all that other stuff, unoffendable, you know, that's awful. Now I get to go after some people. Like, this is fun for me. I really enjoy this. And so if you brought your Bibles this morning and you want to open up uh, the, the text that I'll be using is 1 Samuel chapter 17. So if you want to go ahead and be there, the, the verses will be on the screen uh, or, or for you online as well to, to track along with us. I will be paraphrasing a little bit of that, uh, that, that text and stuff. And, and so before I pray, though, uh, we did give out rocks uh, to everyone. So if you don't like this message, please don't use this rock on me. Like, I, I'm a good guy, I promise. But if you don't yet have a rock and you would like one, our ushers actually would love to give you one. So if at this point in time, just raise your hand and our ushers will bring you some rocks and give them to you. I know there's a number of people. So I'm gonna go ahead, just keep your hand up. I'm gonna pray. It's like you're praying with me. Like I can feel it, God's presence. So our ushers will serve you these rocks and and we're gonna go ahead and pray right now before we get into this message. So Lord God, thank you so much. Uh, God, we do, we lift our hands towards you in an aspect of worship. We honor you, we bless you, we bless your name. And God, I just, I thank you for the reality that you bring us to this place where you mold us and shape us to be unoffendable. Uh, And God, that's amazing and I love it. And so would you do a deep work in us, God, as we look into your word, into your scripture, the biblical stories and uh, the things that you're communicating, Lord, I pray that you would help us uh, in our mind, in our body, in our spirit, that we literally would encounter you and your spirit, that you would speak to us. 
where it is you would have us grow and expand and what you would have us do. And so God, we put ourselves in your hands and Lord, that you would speak and communicate and that we could be used by you in Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things that we are very, very passionate about here at Grace Church is that we would experience God, right? We wanna experience God's presence. We wanna experience the Holy Spirit. So when people come and, and, and you, you had a first Sunday, maybe today's your first Sunday, you come and you go, wow, like there's, there's just something different, you know, it's something significant. What that is, is that's God's presence. And when people come up to me and, and they say, what, you know, it just is great to be here. Just, what are you doing? And I look at them, I say, well, we have it. And automatically, I know people go, oh no, like he's weird and it's strange. And I thought this was gonna be a good church. And so what, what we mean is when we say that we have it, is that we have the Holy Spirit. You know, we have God's presence and we believe in the reality of Jesus dying on the cross for us. And that gives us access to the throne room. And, and now we live a spirit empowered life. And that's absolutely incredible. And God has been so gracious to us as a church, as a people, and uh, in, in what he's doing here. And to me, he just continues to allow us to get a glimpse, like a, a glimpse of his glory, a glimpse of he want, what he wants to do here in us, in our lives. We've had so many salvations. Uh, we've had people experience miraculous healings. We've had people make commitments towards Christ. Uh, we've had people get baptized. We've had breakthroughs, so many breakthroughs and stories. Uh, some of you, like you've experienced breakthrough by being you know, here at Grace and God moving powerfully. And, and so quite honestly, we want that to continue. Uh, that's a great thing and it's a lot of wonderful stuff that's been happening, but we want it to happen more. Like we can't just say, oh, that was great and that was a season and now it's all over. Like we don't feel that way at all. We want to continue to move forward in what God is doing. So what we have to do is be very strategic and smart on how we're doing that. So it's just, it's acknowledging that God's doing it. It's nothing that you or I could do or conjure up on our own physical aspect as human beings. It's literally worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It's pursuing him relentlessly with all that we are, walking in the fear of him, having righteousness in our life. And then there's also this piece where we acknowledge that it's him doing it. And so that's humility on our part. So to me, when we're humble before God and declare our need for him, our need for forgiveness, we remain pure, then he does incredible things. And we love it. We love it when God does something significant for us. Don't we? Like, come on, let's be honest. If you're praying for something or someone and God shows up and answers that prayer, does something awesome, you're like, yes, that's great. It feels good. And I love it too in my life. And many times we pray about the things that we want in our life. But I also believe the reality that God loves to pour out his blessings on his kids. But there, I feel like there's another level when we go before the Lord on behalf of another person. You know what I'm talking about? Where, where there's just this, this, we have needs, right? We want breakthrough in our life. But when we go before God and, and we're, we're just praying for somebody else or praying for something different, in our community or in our workplace, I just, I feel like that really gets God's attention. And, and here's why, let me just kind of paint this hypothetical situation. Let's say that you have a child come up to you. So whether you're a grandparent or parent, or even if you're a single person or teenager, you can totally integrate yourself into this story. So let's say we're hanging out and a child comes up and says, hey, can I have some money? And you look at him, you're like, okay, you know, you're cute, but we're thinking yes or no, but we wanna know what do you want the money for? 
You know, many of us, we might have cash in our pocket or whatever, we pull it out or, you know, we can Venmo them. Hey, hey, well, what do you want the money for? And so when we ask that question and if they look up at us and they say, well, I was over there and I saw this person that really looked like they were hungry and I want $10 because I really want to give it to them or I want to go buy them lunch and give it to them. Now, when a kid comes to us and says, can I have money? We're thinking, oh, you probably want to go buy candy or use it for some game or something or whatever. But when they say, I want to go and get them something to eat, our heart melts, right? We don't go, no, 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 like you can't have 10 bucks. Like we will never say no. In fact, we would probably give them 20. Hey, why don't you buy them lunch and give them $10? Like, Cause our heart would melt at the reality that that kid is thinking about somebody other than themselves. You know, and if it's your kid and you're the parent or grandparent, you're going, yes. I didn't fail, like my kid is gonna make it. They've got a good heart, I didn't ruin them. You know, and so that's a, that's a big win for us as parents. And so we give them that money and even more. And I just, I believe that our heavenly father has the same type of heart. When you and I, as, as kids of his sons and daughters, when we come to him through Christ and we go to him on behalf of another, I just, I think that melts God's heart and that's an added level of experiencing him, not only in our life, but for others. Let me share just a verse about that. In Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17, it says, for the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears and he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Do you see your heavenly dad as doing that. Where literally he's so proud of you. He's amazed at your heart. He speaks blessings over you and sings over you. I mean, do you recognize that he's doing that when we have this heart for each other? And, and, and we want God's light, God, God to do things in our life. We want God's favor. We want God's blessings for us and our business and our marriage and our kids. I, I get that. But I absolutely believe that there's an added level of his presence when it's for somebody else. Because every single one of us, it's possible that we've experienced God's presence and it's even possible that some of you have experienced a miracle in your life. Like God has done something incredible for you. But then I also wanna make the statement that I would dare say that all of us have not gotten to where we are without the help of another person. Right now, you probably have somebody, a mentor, a teacher, a coach, a parent, a grandparent, somebody, your, your, your connection group leader, somebody that has helped you get to where you are to experience some breakthrough, to get through some battles, some struggles, and now you're at this place. And so there's times when we need a miracle in our life and we cry out to it and we beg for it, we go after God relentlessly, but then I also believe these two things, and let me share them with you. So the first one is that God will give you the breakthrough that you need. I, I, I have no doubt, like when we go before him and we're persistent in our prayer, God knows what we need and he will meet all of our needs and he'll do that now. He won't always do it the way that we want, right? I mean, I'm a very strategic person. So I'm like, God, if you could do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, 
I'll be good. And, and he's like, yeah, that's great, Pastor Aaron. How about I do that and that and that and that instead of those? And I'm like, okay, you know, so it's like, so God will give us the breakthrough that we need and want, but he's going to do it his way, his design, in his time, in his fashion. So it's not always about what we need or want. It's his will for our lives. You know, and that's a, an incredible thing, and we desire that. But then there's this second piece I want to share with you, that I believe that God wants to use us to be part of the victory for others. That, that's what this whole message is about. Yes, we want victory in our life. We want breakthrough and miracles. But today is about another person. But when we're offended, it isn't about another person. When we're offended and upset, it's all about us. Hey, you, what you said bothers me. Hey, what you did offends me. Hey, you hurt my feelings. So now I've got to come after you. You need to know my opinion about that particular thing. I need to tell you that you're wrong and you should actually be doing it this way. And so it's all about us making sure that they're aware of our offense. So over these last several weeks, we've been talking about what if we didn't do that and we actually got to the place where we're unoffendable? Because when we do that, we get to this place where we can experience the power of the Holy Spirit and God's heart in our lives, God's heart in our church. We can experience God's heart for our relationships and our marriage uh, with your roommate at work, in our community. When we're unoffendable and offense is not dictating what we're doing and saying, but we actually have a heart for the Lord, then it changes the whole view of what we're doing and our whole perspective. And I just, I believe that when we do that, there's a supernatural peace. Because instead of looking at these natural things and the human arguments, we're actually taking a step up and recognizing the spiritual nature of what's taking place. And so when we're going on offense, when we're being offensive and moving forward in offense, I believe that we've got to do it in a spiritual atmosphere with a spiritual perspective. And so that person is not your enemy. The enemy is actually the devil. And so the devil will do schemes and tactics and even use people in situations to work against us to make us feel angry and upset. But what if we attack him? What if we attack the devil and what he's doing? And here's how we do this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. We use godly, God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, not Facebook or social or, no, no, no. Those are worldly. Like, what if we used spiritual, supernatural weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments? That's the type of battle that we can go on the offensive for. And I believe that God is doing something significant here, hopefully in your life, definitely in our church. It is undeniable. God's favor has been upon us. And with all humility, I believe it's going to continue. I believe that as we stay humble and pure and pursue after the Lord as a church, God is going to continue to pour out his spirit and do significant things and cause us to expand and occupy that's why we're being strategic about it. But there's a big if in there. It's if we remain humble and pure, if we remain in union with our Father and remain available to Him, He will continue to use us. So I want to use the, the context of David, you know, in 1 Samuel 
And um, so I wanna paraphrase this just a little bit because I've actually been reading the story of David in my devotional life. I just, it's, I've been digging in and loving it. It's been so powerful for me. Right now I'm reading some of the Psalms that he's been writing and I'm, I'm just blown away at how, what God has done and how he's done it. And so I just, I wanna give you just a little bit of the background if that's okay. And I'll walk you through the story and where I'm getting to. So David, if you're, if you're not familiar, David was the youngest of seven sons. Can you imagine moms having not five or six sons, but seven sons? That's amazing. You have to have a bus as your personal vehicle. And so here, David is the youngest of seven. And, and so King Saul was king at the time, but God had actually pulled his anointing pulled his blessing away from King Saul because Saul had deviated from the Lord. Uh, he had gone his own way and, and, and dis, disobeyed significant times uh, against God. And so God's like, all right, you're done being king. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a different king and he's actually gonna come through the line of Jesse. Jesse's gonna be the dad. It'll be one of his sons. So he let Samuel know. Samuel was the prophet during the time. And so Samuel gets everybody together. He calls church. Hey, church, come on in. And Jesse's gonna bring his kids and we're gonna line them up right here. And God's gonna show us which one of his sons is going to be the next king. So he lines them all up, oldest, tallest right here. Then, you know, number two and three. And well, this kid's good at that. That one's good at this. And, you know, this one is, you know, can, can do this. He's smarter than that one. Or, you know, they all have their different talents and abilities. But then he gets to number six and God's like, nope, 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 nope. Can you, can you imagine just for a second going, and Samuel goes, time out. Are there any more sons? I mean, that, that would just create just an awkward moment. And so, and Jesse's like, yeah, actually there is. His name is David. He's young and he's a shepherd boy. He's out in the sheep right now. So Samuel's like, go get him. Cause we got to find out if it's that guy. So, you know, David comes in. God's presence shows up and, and, and God tells Samuel, yup, he's the one. Samuel then anoints David, right? In front of his other brothers, in front of the whole entire church, you're to be the one that's gonna be the next king. There's already a king on the throne. This is a big deal. We're talking about a coup and a monarchy, huge deal. Anointed, blesses him. And so what happens next? Nothing. Like literally David goes back out into the pasture back with the sheep, goes back to shepherding. Nothing happens in that moment until, until David sees that something's gotta be done. Something is going wrong and he needs to step in. Because during this time, just a few years after the anointing, the Israelites were at war with the Philistines. And so that's, this was a common thing. If you read during that time, the Philistines were a pagan nation and they were constantly battling against the Israelites and it just was this regular issue that they have. So the way war worked during that time is they would draw a battle line. It wasn't an actual line. It was just saying, hey, we're gonna go to battle in this particular spot. So the Philistines were up on this elevated area, like a, a hill, uh, and the, their whole army was there. There was a valley in between. And then the Israelites were, were up on the other hill. And so the battle line was the valley. They were going, hey, your army, our army, we're gonna meet in the middle and that, that's where we're gonna go to war. But what would happen is this was a different time. This was a different season because the Philistines had a giant named Goliath. Uh, you probably have already heard of Goliath. Big warrior, nine feet tall. I mean, can you imagine seeing a nine foot tall dude 
Like the tallest I've ever seen is like seven foot two and the man was ginormous. I'm going, you're the hugest human being I've ever seen. And so imagine like literally it, it's historically proven that Goliath was nine feet tall, just astounding. Big, huge man would wear bronze armor. So bronze is a very strong metal. You know, so during that time it's, it's almost impenetrable. So he's a warrior, he's a champion. He wore all this armor and he did this other thing where he cursed against the Israelites and he cursed the Israelites' God. So he was a pagan. So he spoke blasphemies, he cursed at them, you know, said horrific things about them and their God. And so David during this time, he had three older brothers that were in the Israeli army, they were serving there. And so one of the times David's dad said, hey, go take this care package to your brothers. They're out at the front lines, you know, just take some supplies, some food, you know. And, and so David's like, he, David's an older teenager probably at this point. So this was probably pretty exciting for him because all the, the, the Israelite boys, they knew what it was to be in the army. And, and, and we as a, as a nation, we understand, you know, and we honor those that, that fight on our behalf. So when you come of age, you go, wow, am I going to join the, the you know, the, the branches of military? And so David was very aware of this. And so this was a great honor. This was kind of a fun field trip for him to go see the army and hang out with the soldiers and, you know, and take all that stuff. So David goes, he takes the, the food to his brothers and he sees and he hears the mocking coming from Goliath. He hears the foul language that this giant is using against his God and his people. Now, David also sees that everyone in the Israelite army is terrified. They're all afraid. They're all depressed, down. They haven't even gone to war yet and they all feel defeated. And you can feel it, right? You, you, you can imagine this young teenage boy going, what's the deal? What's go Why is not anybody excited about, about what God's gonna do? Because none of them were. They all were afraid because of the giant, because they looked at the physical nature and stature of this person. Literally, Goliath is saying, come on, any of you, I'll take any of you, come on down and fight me, I dare you. Are not any of you brave enough? Is there not any courage in Israel to come and fight me? And all the curse words, beep, 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 right, along with that. And so David's there, he hears all of it. And we find ourselves, I wanna read one specific verse. It's 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, who is the king, he said, let no one else lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. There is some very key language in here that we've got to get. He says, let no one else lose heart. David sees the whole Israelite army has all lost heart. They're all defeated, they're depressed, they're sad. He's like, what's the deal? Don't you understand that God wants to fight for us? And so David steps up. He says, let nobody else lose heart. I will go and fight him. I've seen enough, I've heard enough, I've got to do something about this. I know my God and who he is, I know that he fights for me. And so let no one else. And so he literally is fighting on behalf of the nation. His battle was not his own. He was fighting for another. I will fight him on behalf of those people, my people, 
David was younger, he was smaller, but those things don't matter when God is fighting for you. And so that's my encouragement to you. I know some of you, you're in a battle right now and you're facing giants and it's such a struggle and you're looking at the physical aspects of it. Stop. God is the one that's fighting and it's a supernatural battle. Because when you look at a giant, we get scared because it's a giant. Way bigger, way stronger. There's no way. He's not ever lost a battle. He's undefeated. Do you know why? Because he's still alive. In his type of employment, you fought to the death. Well, would you want to go up against an undefeated fighter? No. But when, when God is fighting for us, we have no reason to fear. And so David and who he was, can you imagine? I mean, we're talking about a young teenage man saying, I'll do it. Y'all are scared. I'll go do it. Either really brave or kind of dumb. I mean, maybe both. I'm not sure. But the thing that scripture tells us that was very clear is David knew who he was and he knew his God. He knew our heavenly father. And here's how he knew, here's how he had so much confidence. David's battles began in secret. David had fought battles prior to this one in private that nobody else was aware of. So before the army saw David's public victory over Goliath, David had this incredible time where he fought a lion, he fought a bear. I mean, how many of you would raise your hand if I gave you the opportunity to go fight a, li fight a lion or a bear today? You'd be like, yes, I would go. Like none of us, like that's crazy and scary and like that doesn't happen. So David defeated those in a private place. Nobody else saw him beat the bear other than the sheep and the stars and God, like that's it. Nobody else was aware of it. And he probably told the story and and people are going, ah, you know, do we believe him? Sometimes he embellishes a little bit. But here's the encouragement is how you fight in the secret place, how you fight the battles in private matters so much. I don't think that we understand the magnitude of our private life and how we can war and, and face the enemy and have victory in our private life. Because then when it becomes public, we have so much confidence. Why? Because God already did this and God did this and God saw me through this. And right now I'm in the middle of this, but I know that he's gonna see me through that too. And so the private battles and victories then cause us to help somebody else experience the victory over their Goliath. I get it, you and I have giants that we're facing, but this is an added level. This is, today is actually about somebody else because the private victories that we've experienced now allow us to help that other person and the giant that they're facing. Because when David fought Goliath, he knew he had God on his side. Do you know that you have God on your side? Like, do you know that? And if you know that in your head, do you actually believe that in your heart? because David sure did. And so my challenge in all of this is that you need to think of somebody that you need to link arms with and you're, you're coming alongside of them to fight their Goliath. You're gonna experience victory over their giant for them. I wanna share a, a personal story about this. So. Uh, from 2004 to 2009, 
uh, our family moved up to Jacksonville to help one of my friends start his church. And uh, great church, great guy. Uh, we, we came alongside of them and, you know, during that season. So when we moved up there, you know, we, we, we were here in Melbourne for a period of time, then we moved up there. And so to me, I just, I, we did what we normally do. We just were being us. We integrated ourselves into the community. We started meeting new people. We started leading at church and we just, we, we got to know, you know, the, 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 the city and the people. And it's just, it's who we are. Like I'm a very social person, so I can talk to just about anybody. And so during this time that I wanted to share a particular story about a person who him and I began to get really close. He became my running partner. Uh, we were doing some races, so it's always nice to have, a, you know, a training partner to run with. And so we were doing some stuff together. And so this one evening though, uh, I, I just, I went out for a jog. Him and I weren't running together. He, he, was, he was at home. And so I just went out for the jog by myself and I was going like in and near his, where he lived. And no joke, like God, God told me very clearly through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, hey, just stop by his house just to say hi. And I, I'm like, cool, like he's one of my friends. We're in this together. So I, I just, I run, just kind of change my route a little bit, go, go over to his house, ring the doorbell. He opens the door, literally tears are coming down his face. And automatically you can feel just kind of the, the gravity of the moment, it's pretty heavy. And I was like, whoa, like, is everything okay? And he looked at me, he goes, I can't believe that you're here right now. And automatically I'm going, all right, you know, what, what's the deal? What's going on? And he said, would you be willing to come in? Sure, I walk in, his wife is in the living room, tears, you know, streaming down her face. And so I, began to just understand the moment and I'm going, what, what's the deal, what's going on? And he, he can barely get a word out. And so he begins to say and admit about his alcoholism. He said, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I've, I've fought this battle for a number of years now. And, and I, I, was, I, I hit a bottle, you know, in the bushes outside the house and, and she caught me. Um, and so those of you that have had your own addiction or, or dealt with somebody in a relationship or ha has their ad an addiction, you know, it's a bad, like it's a struggle, it's constant. And she, she kind of told him, she's like, I don't know how much more I can take. It's so hard, it's so difficult. And so it's this another example, another time, another instance, it's just, it was weighing on them so heavy. And, um, you know, so I just, I was there. And I did what I just do. Like we, we just, we sat down on the floor in the living room. We sat down on the rug. They just, they shared what was going on. I listened to their story. I prayed with them. I just was there, had nothing to do with me at all. Absolutely nothing. But I was willing to fight a, the giant of alcoholism on their behalf. I was willing to go before the Lord on their behalf to help them battle and fight. And so the thing that I love, love, love about David Right, David is this young man. Like he's smaller in stature, skinny, he's younger. The other guys, there were other dudes that were bigger and stronger, but that didn't matter. Like David's going, I'll fight him on behalf. Let nobody else lose heart. And he ran. I mean, do you understand? He ran at the giant. How many of you would run at a lion, run at a bear, run at a giant to fight it on purpose? We wouldn't. We would be afraid, we would be scared, we would come up with all the reasons why not. David ran 
to the battle line, stops by the, the brook, the stream, picks up five rocks. Why five? I don't know. Cause homeboy knew that God was gonna use him. Like God, God's the one that, that, that aimed the, the rock. David was good with the sling. No doubt the, the physical aspect of it, but he runs to face this giant. And I believe with all of my heart that God will give you the victory over the giant that you're facing right now. I have no doubt. Do you believe it? That's my question. So I want that for you in your personal life, but I believe also that God will give another person the victory over their giant because of you. God wants to use you to fight their giant. Let nobody else lose heart. I'll go fight them. Uh, you, you can't handle it right now? No problem. I'll step in, I'll go after him. So I'm talking about big giants. Some of you, you need to fight the giant that other people are struggling with. And I want you to think of them right now. So I'm talking about friends of yours, coworkers, your spouse struggling with depression, considering divorce, infertility, addiction. Maybe it's financial battle that you're fighting. Are you willing to fight on behalf of another? That's the magnitude that I believe that God is having us step into in this message, in this time, in this season. So we gave out rocks and this rock, it's not about you at all. This is about that other person. So there should be a Sharpie in and around where you are on the seat back in front of you. I want you to take that Sharpie and I want you to write the giant that you're gonna face for somebody else. Whatever it is, write it on the rock, write their name. Maybe you write their initials on there so it's a little bit more anonymous. That way they don't walk up and see this rock on your desk at work and they're like, why is my name on that rock? Are you gonna throw it at me? Like, so I'm talking about something big, right? God is doing something big, right? A, a, a something on that rock. And you put that rock in your pocket, you take it where, wherever it is that that rock needs to sit for a little while and you fight, you fight and you fight and you battle on their behalf. Because I think that there's something supernatural where I believe that while we fight for another, that I, I, I have no doubt that you'll see the victory in your own life. And I know it's so hard. You're like, but I got my own giants and I know but today's about another person. Could be your son or your daughter, somebody in your family. Write that giant on there and it's time to go to the battle line and fight and experience victory. We are not living in defeat any longer. That is not who we are. That is not who our God is. It's time to take a stand for somebody else. And so if you guys could do me a favor, hold the rock in your hand, go ahead and stand up. I wanna pray for every single one of us during this time. I wanna pray for the person that you're believing for, the battle that you're facing. And so believe with me. So Lord God, we come before you and Father, we wanna make this proclamation that we can't do it. We can't do it on our own. There's no, Lord, we, many of us, we've even tried to fight for somebody else. We tried to talk to them. We tried to convince them and coerce them and it doesn't work. And so Lord God, I pray right now that you would intervene in a supernatural way with the people that we're thinking of, our friends and family and coworker. God, would you war? The battle is yours. Lord, the, the battle, the fight is yours. You're the one that's so powerful. You can do it and we can't. 
But God, we'll pray, we'll believe, we'll, we'll, we'll tap into the power of your Holy Spirit more now than ever. And Lord, I just, I make this bold proclamation. Lord, right now we're running. We're running towards you. We're running towards the battle line. And it's time for us to fight. And Lord, I just, I speak in the, just the, just the supernatural that we would know and see the victories. We would see the breakthroughs. We would see the story. We would hear the testimony of what you're doing. Lord, that's amazing. That's incredible. And Lord, I just thank you so much that the giants are falling down. The giants are falling in front of us and we stand victorious. Lord, for you, Lord, it has nothing to do with us, but it's for you and for your glory, for your kingdom and for that other person. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.